Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. I'm Danny Okuye. And I'm Juliette Sali on this Tuesday where we have seen a little bit of uh, momentum coming through ahead of, of course, the key inflation data this week, Danny. And uh, of course, we had those retail sales numbers coming through too. Absolutely. So let's check in and see how the market has actually performed. It is a, it is a little bit sad to see the momentum has drifted off, but mm. we have stayed in positive territory with the CBO 200 up almost four points or three tenths of a percent. And the ASX currently, I have it up by about 28 points, and uh, that's back over the 7,000 level or four tenths of a percent. So it did survive the retail sales, and also Michelle Bullock up in Hong Kong, mm. reiterating what is uh, fairly hawkish rhetoric. But let's have a look in terms of our three themes of today. And I said a retail sales slump. Probably a slump is a bit of a big word. Yeah. But I wanted to get some alliteration in there. I think as well, when you're starting to get these monthly figures, I mean, it was down 0.2 of 1% in October. Yeah. A lot of economists saying, look, people are holding back for the Black Friday sales in November, which anecdotally, it does look like the foot traffic has been quite good. Yeah. CBA said that they had seen quite a lot of people and did some Vox Pops, um, people, you know, saving up and buying Christmas presents in yeah. these sales. And then we've got Cyber Monday, of course, as well. Absolutely. Um, just interesting also, um, Comsec talking about about so Commonwealth Bank talking about the iron ore prices, the mm. boom effectively, and how much that's going to bring into the coffers for the government because nobody has been forecasting uh, $130 a tonne, not that it's necessarily going to stay there. But I just thought it was worth bearing in mind because a couple of years back, our mining majors, BHP and Rio Tinto, moved into some of the top dividend payers in the world because of high iron ore prices. So I guess, I'm not saying they're going going back there, but there might be scope mm. in terms of a slightly better dividend payout. And, you know, you then got China jawboning a little bit in terms of that momentum in the metal yes. as well. But I spoke to Peter Pan from ACY Securities on the trade. He still thinks, you know, the likes of Fortescue, BHP, Rio have some more momentum when you're looking at the technicals. Wow. Yeah. More upside. We like to hear that. And uh, the AUD rocks. Again, probably a little bit of a stretch, but nevertheless, the little Aussie battler has really put in a good performance from its lows at around 63 cents against the US dollar. In October, we're currently over 66 cents. Mm. So if you're going to be doing some of that YOLO traveling, it might get a little bit cheaper. <laughs> Just as I'm about to transfer some money from overseas, I can never time the FX market. But anyway, it's good for people going overseas. As you say, let's have a look at some of the sectors. The banks, um, we did see some momentum in the big four, up by about half to 1%. Macquarie Group there up by about two tenths of 1%. And of course, uh, there was a lot of focus on energy too, Danny. Absolutely. So weaker oil price overnight.
tonight. We've got that big OPEC plus meeting coming up on Thursday, obviously trying to negotiate what's going on with the uh, Nigeria and the other one in Africa in terms of wanting to produce more oil. So energy stocks under pressure today with Ampol and Woodside off a buy over 1% each. And then just looking at the retailers, because we mentioned that retail sales figure, but as I mentioned, a lot of anecdotal evidence suggesting that there has been a pickup in uh, sales over the last few days for Black Friday and uh, Cyber Monday. So most of the retailers looking a little good t- today, a little a little stronger, I should yeah. say. Nick Scully there, of course, had big moves last week up by eight, per- eight tenths of 1%, $10.84. Yes. Now, let's have a look at some of the big stories today because Link Administration has uh, apparently had its biggest jump in 11 months, currently closing up three and three quarter percent on an annual outlook upgrade. I'm sure there will be some relief shareholders. Yeah, and Collins Food, I think it was up by about 10.5% at one point. It saw its net profit almost quadruple to $50 million, revenue also jumping, coming uh, to raise its interim payout as well to 12.5 cents per share. And looking ahead, they expect consumer pressures though to remain high over the coming year. And Ramsey Healthcare also in focus at their AGM and they're seeing further growth in earnings in the full year. Uh, But most of that is going to come through in the weighted towards the second half of the year. And that reflects a positive contribution from non-recurring items in the first half of full year 23. And Origin Energy flagged a loaded LNG vessel docked at its local Pacific facility on the Curtis Island has lost power and was unable to leave the terminal. So Origin, of course, which is in the middle of this billion dollar buyout battle uh, did see a bit of weakness today, closing down half of 1%, $8.46. And a C-suite change at Tabcor, the company appointing Mark Howell as CFO. And uh, we can see those shares were a little bit firmer today. Now, let's check in with the stock of the day, which was PointsBet, and our guest Mark Morland of Team Invest and Francesco Destradas from Ordmanet. They had their AGM today, the update was quite positive, they're meeting their targets. Um, so based on that, um, look, our guys got a buy on it, but I'd be more speculative and say it's a speculative buy rather than just a buy. Right. I, I think there's still a great deal of risk in these businesses. I mean, if you're looking at what they do as they just do Australia and Canada now, um, your you, you competition in Australia is, you know, Bluebet, Betmakers, yeah. uh, Tabcor as well. Um, and there's probably a few others there floating in. You've probably got an SP bookie still sitting on the end of the bar somewhere in, in, in certain yeah. pubs in, in country New Zealand. So, so I think competition is quite high still. Um, so it is risky. Um, but it, yeah, that's gambling, isn't yeah. it? You know, you're you're yep. at the risky end of the, okay. uh, and they work out the odds. So I think it's it's a speculative buy. I agree with Francesco. The, you have to assume the US has been a disaster, but it couldn't you couldn't consider it as anything else other than speculative. Yeah, because they're yet you know now they've changed the business model. US is the big hope that's gone. Now it's Canada and Australia, and we're still not making money, but we're going to try and break even next year. Or I mean, it's like yawn. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome back to the COB. Martin Crabb from Shuram Partners, who's been flying all around the country <laughs> doing some very important business. But uh, in terms of what we're seeing, we talked about those retail sales, but what does the RBA do next week? Do they hold and wait to see how November pans out or do we see a December move? Yeah, I think Michelle Bullock would love to hike just to put her foot down and, and stop Canberra tinkering, tinkering with her board, etc., and telling her what to do. But, you know, the market's pricing in zero probability of a change to rates next week. 
Uh, there isn't a meeting in January, so the entire country, including the Reserve Bank, takes the month of January off. That. It would seem it's great, isn't it? <laughs> so the February, we've got to wait till February. So there's the futures curve at the moment. So a couple of things to note is one, it's drifted higher at the short end in the past week. So greens a week ago, blacks a month ago. So we've drifted higher in the short end. So we're pricing in almost a full rate hike up to 4.6. Uh, by the middle of the year. So the market's sort of saying maybe March, but if not March, then June. But just how flat it is, right? So we've got no cuts at all. We're mm-hmm. still sitting above, you know, uh, above 4% out until the middle of next year, which is as far as the futures go. So this tight, higher for longer, tighter for longer uh, narrative is well and truly in the market now. There's no, there's not a ro- lot of real dissent about there's one more hike to go. So we, we need much softer data. So as you said earlier, retail sales are a little bit softer but not so much that they're going to change the narrative. They had a pretty horrible wage price index. They know that wages are going higher. House prices just continue to go up. We had another good weekend of of auctions, so house prices. And there's some crazy behaviour. It's back to sort of bull market crazy behaviour. Properties going a million, two million over reserve sort of stuff. So real sort of FOMO in the housing market. That's inflationary, right? That's going to keep putting rents up, keep putting house prices up. The cost of buying a new house is still going up and wages are going up. So Michelle Bullock's got her work cut out for her, Mm. no doubt about it. Do you think um, by delaying it till February, they risk sort of, um, I suppose, letting people get more comfortable with inflation and the the pressures build up and the expectations build up? I mean, it's a fine line between the the long and variable lags coming through and reality for people to change their behaviours. We we don't like change much. (laughs) No. And look, inflationary expectations are this kind of theoretical construct that it's not really a a financial market instrument or something that you can that you can see and feel it's mm. it's the collective belief of, of you know millions of people so it's hard for economists and 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 monetary policy people to get their head around inflation expectations but we do know that a portion of the population is suffering already and you can see that if you drill into any sort of retail sales or or consumer sentiment or credit card data or any of that sort of data that's around the, the people that are on the edge are really, really hurting. And we'll see that with, um, I think, Metcash's results are out next week. Mm. And they're, uh, you know, they own the IGA brand. They also own the, um, the home timber and hardware business. So they're kind of, they're a little bit discretionary and they're a little bit staple. So you get a good read into that. 10. Yeah, Mitre 10, I yeah. Mitre 10. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm, look, everyone loves Bunnings. But, no, but you know, I love Mitre 10. Mitre it's Mitre much easier pretty to good. navigate. Yeah, it's not like Sizzle though. It's not yeah. as cavernous as Bunnings. No, Bunnings is quite it's scary, light isn't it? It's and it's airy. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, it's look, the, I think the, the, the hardware business is going okay. The, the supermarket business is probably struggling. Interestingly, cigarette or tobacco yeah. sales are down high single digits, and that makes up 20% of their food sales, which I find staggering. Mm. Everyone's vaping. They're, people are just going, I'm, I'm quitting the darts. I can't mm. afford, I'm going to Rollies or, or but whatever. Are you surprised? Have you seen how expensive they are? It's $50 a packet. Yeah, so I live with a smoker. I know exactly oh, how much dear. it costs, and it's insane. I remember I remember vowing to give up smoking when they hit 5 bucks a packet, and they're over 10 times that now. It's just an, an insane number. So look, at it, it's just another sign of people that are struggling, are cutting back on. It's supposed to be a discretionary item, but anyone who's ever smoked knows it's it's addictive, right? So, But, but it's another sign of the two-speed economy. So, look, the big risk now, I think, is not that inflation's out of the, out of the bottle in Australia, is that they over-tighten. Mm. 
Mm. And they'll be really wary of that. It's very easy to over tighten. It's a super sensitive break, interest rates in Australia, because we know everyone's got fixed rate mortgages or sorry, floating rate mortgages. It used to be all fixed and now they're all floating. So unlike the US, mm. we're very touchy break. So I think if they, the, the big risk, the financial markets will start to focus on going to next year will be how big the earnings hole is going to be. So we've done the damage already on, on the PE and higher rates, but mm. the question is, earnings are held up really well. Mm. The question is, earnings, uh, are they going to hold up? Now, you talked about iron ore. That's yeah. the one area of the market where we come upgrade. No one has 130 buck iron ore and 65 cent or 66 cent currency. Mm. So that's almost, do the mass 200 bucks Aussie. No one's got 200 bucks Aussie, including the federal government. So mm. the federal government go, the tax revenue out of this is great. Mm. So that's, that's stimulatory, having an iron ore price where it is. So that's why you're looking at Rio? Yeah, well, Rio's also topical because they have an annual investor day, which is next week. I think it's on the 6th. And it'll start, at, they're a London company, but it starts at 4 p.m. our time. So every every man and his dog that follows Rio will be on that call. I remember, the, I think, the one last year. Was it earlier on this year? I even watched some of it. That's a bit tragic. Yeah, that? look, it's look if you're into if you're into mining, it's a, it's a cornucopia. It's like it's like the Sydney Easter Show. There's just so many things to listen to. Like you got iron ore, you got copper, you got you know oh you tolgoi, you've got yeah. uh, simandu, you've got all that, all that sort of stuff. But also they're a big. Yeah, they're, they're a big customer and, and a big supplier to China as well. So we'll we'll get their insights as to where they see things going. Um, you know, most people don't expect surprises from these things, but if we're going to get a surprise, it's probably A, Simondow gets the green light and that comes to market quicker. And the other one everyone's looking at is CapEx and costs. So these guys are going to spend probably nine to 10 billion US dollars a year, mm. which is like three times what Qantas have to spend on planes. It's a big number. Mm. And obviously they're at the point in when it comes to costs. So, you know, probably the miners have got the worst cost inflation of anyone because it's just difficult to get people in those remote locations, difficult to get fuel in. They're spending a lot of money on decarbonising and and Mm. electrifying their systems, et cetera. And and it's really difficult to get um, people to work in in, in those sites. So a lot of the results um, that we've seen from miners have disappointed on the cost front. Here's another miner coming to market and we might get an update on that. But I think they're all come upgrades because everyone's just got too low iron ore prices. So we added Rio to our portfolio probably three weeks ago, four weeks ago, just in anticipation of, look, we've got iron ore wrong, it's way too bearish and everyone's upgrading. So you want to get on board. Mm. What about Fortescue and what about the impact from China, as I mentioned, trying to, I guess, a little bit jawbone? Yeah, well, they're trying to talk iron ore down, but it's, you know, it's difficult to try and talk a market down. And it's Mm. like, there's a lot of, we don't know how much speculation money there is in iron ore. Some of it's steel mills buying because they need to buy. But anecdotally, there's a lot of there's a lot of speculative positions in iron ore. There's a lot of money that follows trends, and if mm. you look at look at how things trend, iron ore's kind of just been one direction. So people are on board that trend, and it's one of those things that if it turns, the thing can gap down. So I'm you know I'm a little bit nervous about it where it is, but it's like it's had a lot of bad news thrown at it, and it's still going up. So it feels like China is re-stimulating, so that's just yeah. going to hold it up. But they are trying to talk it down. The steel mills there aren't making any money. So they're trying to talk it down from that perspective. But it, it does seem to be defying gravity, staying around. It seems to like this $130 level, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. Which, as you know, they're just, for these big miners, it's just you can hear the cash register just still going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Oh, yeah. Well, so $200 Aussie, they're digging it out of the ground, 15 20 bucks, yeah. And we're selling a billion tonnes. So you do the maths. It's an, a massive amount of money. Mm. 
So I wasn't too far wrong about those potential dividend upgrades. Yeah, (laughs) probably coming your way. Probably coming your way. Well, might be a safe port, let's say. But uh, Martin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Danny. Okay, Martin Crabb there from Ashore and Partners. Always a great chat. Now, let's check in with some of the leaders and the stocks that didn't lead. So Collins Food on the back of, I think it's that dividend hike they had. That really got the investors all sparked up, up over 8%. Mm. Helios um, continuing to rally after I think they had that issue last week up 5% Emerald Emerald Resources up a 3.8 and Regis also up by almost 5. That was on the gold move wasn't it? A lot of the gold players looking pretty good today. The gold price was up a little bit and Cromwell Properties up by 3 and 3 quarter percent. All right, having a look at the laggards today uh, Core Lithium, you and I were talking about lithium earlier, down 6% Wee Bit Nano in the tech space off 3.5% Bapcore was down by almost 3%. John's Ling down 2.5%. And Virgin Money UK, which got hit quite hard, I think, on Friday, down another 1.4%. Let's have a look at the small end of town as well, starting with the leaders. Oh, Newfield Resources going to the races, literally up 30%. Uh, Iron Era of about 13 And Brainchip back on the boards, up by 11.4%. And the laggards in the small caps are... Select Harvest down 11%. We've got One View Healthcare and Counter Resources, Cobalt Blue and Iris Metals off by 9.3%. I was interesting. They didn't have Imogene because I know they are getting FDA approval and that stock was up quite strongly earlier on in the day. And also Plenty, another small cap, which was uh, also very strong because NAB is potentially going to take a stake in them. Mm. They're a fintech and they're also going to be providing loans for, uh, I think, electric vehicles and solar panels. Small caps today. You're sounding very knowledgeable in that space. I saw plenty. Do you know why I mentioned plenty? <laughs> because I actually know somebody that works there. So I go, ching, I know that. Oh. I know that name. Otherwise, sounding it would have been very knowledgeable. I know for Caught small caps. Caught you in a moment. All right, let's have a look at what's happening overnight. Um, U.S. home prices, consumer confidence data, the Richmond Fed manufacturing index, and some earnings, including CrowdStrike, Hewlett Packard, Intuit, and Workday. Yeah, and Zscaler actually reported after the close. Great results, but the stock was down a little bit, having already doubled over the last few months. Now, the day coming up tomorrow, what have we got? We've got that October CPI read, which apparently is going to be a little bit softer. Construction work done for Q3, RBNZ policy meeting and looking towards tomorrow afternoon. Apart from the, is it Rio? No, Rio's next week, did you say? Um, Is US GDP for the Q3. And yet again, another host of AGMs, including EML, Linus, um, Harvey Norman, Link. Yeah, quite um, a few. Well, it was interesting because Link was a big mover today, wasn't it? Yeah, as well? I might feel that might have dropped in the wrong day. Yeah. Um, now, shall we have, Jules, a final check of where the markets ended? I think up by about, about a third of 1%, four tenths of 1% on the ASX 200, 7,015, up by 27.6 points or 0.4 of 1%, crossing above its 50-day moving average. We talked about Collins Food and Helios lifting the market. The index, though, down about nine-tenths of 1% over the last five days. Yeah, and just having a quick look at the Aussie dollar trading at 66, spot a 2.1 cents. Now, have you wondered about the secret to success in stock picking? I have. I I got through that. So many S's. We were having a giggle, weren't we, off But anyway, we shouldn't do that. Join stock doctors Daniel Ortiz and Tim Lincoln as they lift the lid on the rigorous field 
filters and processes they use to pick stocks and power returns. And it's this Thursday at 11 a.m. live or on demand. And some of these secrets have led the stock doctor Star Stocks funds to yield 17.3% per annum return since inception. Don't miss this opportunity to ask them questions. To learn how they do it, it's free to register. Head to osbiz.co forward slash stock doctor. That's one of those ones when you write it, you have to read it out because that it's was like a lot Peter, of S's. Peter Pe- Pepper picked a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, we got through it. A lot of S's. Okay. Uh, well, that's it for today. And we've had a great day and uh, lots of great interviews that you can check out, including in the small caps where I dipped my hand into. Uh, but of course, tomorrow will be a big day with that inflation reading and lots more. So we will see you tomorrow at 9.30. Indeed. See you then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.